0: one thing I am perfectly sure, God's story never ends with ashes. Elizabeth Elliott. Thank you so much for joining the show today. This is Stories with Sarah and I am your host, Sarah Hathcock. I'm so excited for you to hear today's episode. We have someone amazing on the podcast and I know that you guys are going to be tremendously blessed by this person's story. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Stories with Sarah. I'm your host, Sarah, and today's episode, we have one of the loveliest people ever to exist on this earth, on the podcast, (laughs) (laughs) and um, I ran into her yesterday and just said, hey, I need some people to be on the podcast, do you know anybody, and she so quickly volunteered herself to be on the podcast, and... I'm so excited to learn more about her and invite you guys into um, her story. And without
1: further ado, everyone, welcome Margaret Smith. Hey, guys. Thank you, Sarah, (laughs) for that lovely intro. Oh, my gosh. One of the loveliest (laughs) people on the planet. I got to live up to that now. (laughs) No pressure. (laughs) No, I'm really excited to be here. I think I, I just listened a little bit to a few of your episodes you've done, and I love that you're just jumping out there and doing something that you've wanted to do for a long time. So that's really cool.
0: Yeah. I, it's been really fun. And I've kind of released the, the, you know, this, the need to like have it all perfect or it be, you know, super professional. Cause I'm just like, this is really fun for me to do. And I just want to do it. Yes. So here I am doing it. Yeah. And then <laughs> there's
1: something totally like, don't focus on what? perfection. Just get it done.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um it's it's been really freeing uh, just to hear cuz so many different people have been on the podcast so far. Yeah. And I love that cuz like my goal is like I want just like everybody in between to be on this podcast. Like I want everybody to feel like they have a space and that their story gets a platform to be told.
1: Yeah, I love that.
0: So yeah, that's what why I want to offer this to people and just for the the listeners just so you guys know. Most of the time, whenever a person comes on the podcast, I am hearing their story for the first time too. So it's kind of like we're all going on this journey together um, (laughs) and and learning a little bit of, I can't talk, a little bit about each other um, throughout this process. So, so yeah, so a little bit about Margaret. Um, She, I'm going to talk about you like you're not on the phone. Okay. (laughs) I'll just have a sip of wine. Yeah, yeah. Um, She is a director of operations for a local real estate team, Pickett Street Properties, little um, shameless promo there. Um, (laughs) And uh, I've had the privilege of kind of working alongside her for a couple years. And uh, it's been a real joy to get to know you. And I know a lot of people um, feel the same way about me, that you just leave the room better than it was when you got there every time Mm -hmm. that you show up in a space and Um, but I want to, um, kind of talk about your, your journey to be the, to, to become the person that we all know you as, Mm -hmm. which is this, you know, super inspirational, um, go-getter, just full of life person. Like how, I want to talk about how you got to this place that you are
1: today. Okay. Yeah. I think, uh, so when you stopped by yesterday and you were like, you know, who do you know that, um, I could have my podcast, uh one of the reasons I volunteered is because it also makes me uncomfortable to tell my story. So yes. (laughs) Yes. And so there's plenty of people. There's plenty of people I can tell you about that will come on your podcast and talk. Um, but I'm always looking for new opportunities to make myself uncomfortable, um, because that's one of the ways that I've gotten here, um, Mm. to be comfortable with myself. So, uh, Mm. I don't honestly. I think we're going to talk about the Enneagram too a little bit because I know you and I are both a little bit obsessed with that and with (laughs) just like self improvement type things. Because um, one of my uh, weaknesses, I guess you could say, is that I don't feel comfortable talking about myself because uh, the like I actually have some low self esteem. Like I don't think my story is really worth that much telling you know and it's not true and it's something that I'm working on and everybody's got a story to tell and I think that by telling stories like you are here on your podcast you uh absolutely grow and learn from everybody's story so um that's like a little background as to why I said yes and why I was like yes Margaret you need to do this this weekend like <laughs> I like to do things really quickly too because much like you started this podcast I've realized that um it's all about like just getting it done over perfection over striving mm-hmm. for something to be perfect because nothing's ever perfect
0: no yeah and that's just such a it kind of um puts you in a little bit of a prison um, yeah because you know you'll there's always like one detail that isn't going to be you know just right and totally It it kind of makes me think about um apps and how you know there's even with like apple like you know they have all these um, you know these new operation systems, whatever that that mm-hmm. come out, and then they, it goes through this like period of like them putting it out there, yeah, and then working through the the bugs, all those the,
2: bugs, yeah, yeah,
0: the, the things that show up, and it's yep. like we wouldn't have an iPhone if they waited for it to be perfect before they yeah. released it, you know, <laughs>
2: completely, totally, yeah,
0: um, and so I think that's that's a little bit like life, you know, you just kind of have to to put it out there and it's not, it's going to be ugly and you're going to have bugs and bumps yep. on the road. But like, that's the only way that you can learn how to um, overcome them.
1: Yep. hundred like, percent.
0: Learning that they're there in the first place.
1: <laughs> totally. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. It's trial and error and kind of treating yourself like something that's just, you're in progress always on a journey.
0: Yeah. And sometimes yeah. I feel like, at least for me, that, that journey can, it sort of feels a little, um, like, debilitating sometimes because it's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm always growing, but it's like, it, where, where's the end?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, <laughs> which there's is kind no, of like, there's morbid. no place where there is an end, really. I mean, there's, yeah. kind of, but until not really. you die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah and that's to,
1: like, you were just reminded yeah. me when you said that. Uh, I was listening to a podcast on Oprah's Masterclass. That's her podcast. Mm-hmm. And she was speaking to Susan Sarandon. And I got to know Susan on a whole new level when I listened to that. and Susan was talking about relationships and how we all kind of aim for this area where, you know, maybe you get married and then you think everything will be perfect and you Mm -hmm. can't think of relationships like that. It's a never ending iteration of just like getting to know that person, learning each other more, learning what you need and don't need. And, um, you never reach kind of, there's never an end.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's never like a, you have arrived. No. (laughs) Yeah, I uh, i was so funny. I'm such a, a podcast junkie. Um, yeah. But I was listening to, uh, it's a podcast called Jesus and Jolok, which is these two uh, Nigerian women, and it is hmm. so, so hilarious. Funny. And uh, she was saying that um, kind of like the moment where she felt like she had arrived was whenever um, Oprah knew her name. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I guess that you, you could feel a sense of arrival <laughs> when Oprah actually knows who you are. Yeah. Um, I could see that. But yeah, so circling back, um, you, when did you kind of start doing self-improving work?
1: Um, I was thinking about that before I hopped on the phone with you and um, I really didn't start focusing on it until 2012. But prior to that, I realized I've been doing it, but just didn't have the same tools or resources that I have now. So always in my life I'd always strived to like do my best or um I was always kind of in search of something which when it comes to Enneagram type four which is what I am I've realized mm-hmm. like that's a one of the um describing characteristics of a, a number four is that you're always uh, in search of something and kind of longing for something and
3: so yeah <laughs> something that I might
1: have to just be okay with because it's yeah. something that kind of drives me forward but yeah 2012 2012- I joined Pickett Street and, um, as much as I was in denial of it, um, cause I've always been in the nonprofit industry. I thought, Oh, for-profit, like a real estate team, I'm only going to be here for like six months till I get my next job in social work. And, um, what I realized was there's a, there's a whole host of resources in this industry and in business in general that I'd never been exposed to. And I quickly became addicted to it. Totally. Yeah. That's so that interesting. Yeah. Uh,
0: and, and, two aren't um correct me if I'm wrong aren't fours kind of um worried about being uh like mediocre
1: um yes I believe yes I think I just pulled up the type four on my um, computer to make sure that I had the descriptions in front of me because I know in general some of the things but like um yeah Self aware, sensitive, and reserved, emotionally honest, creative, and personal, but can also be moody and self conscious. (laughs) But uh, it always, you know, it just hurts a little bit every time you you read those and you're like, oh, it's so true. (laughs) Yeah. Right? I know. And then the basic fear that it lists, which is like totally true, is that they have no identity or personal significance. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I feel like you have um, cultivated this life of significance for yourself.
1: Oh, thank you. I mean, I definitely uh, have like this ultimate desire to be of service to people and mm-hmm. um, to live a life by example so that hopefully people are inspired to try things that uh, they don't believe they can do. I like to do the impossible um, so that people see what's possible. And so... Um, try to do that in every way of like which is why I know that I'm succeeding when I get people coming up to me and saying how did you do that what are you doing to make this happen or um and all it is is living with a lot of purpose and really making sure that each day you know what you want to accomplish and that you're always working towards it so yeah I really do I definitely want to be significant I definitely want to have an impact and um I've always had that desire for sure but I just didn't I wasn't able to really, really voice it or put words to it until I started to dig into who I was.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah. So let's go. You know, like the kind of a the place where you didn't really love yourself. Yeah. Like and what that, um, what that brought, like kind of in that season or, or okay. period of time.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was quite a while. It was, um, so I, just for some background for people, I'm Seattle native. I have three brothers, um, Benjamin and Addison Smith are twins. And then Matthew is, um, right below me. So I'm 37 now and Matt is 35 and the twins I think are 33 and super well-rounded family. Like my mom and dad are well known for being, um, some of the best parents around just having had a really supportive environment where my mom, like whether she knew it or not was putting affirmations around the house Mm -hmm. and positive. Um, positive reinforcement and like all the things you imagine parents that you want, they were totally there. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they gave my brothers and I space to really become ourselves. And uh, so having their love and support has been huge. And I think Jesse and I were talking about this the other day in that um, if you don't have that growing up, that can lead to a whole number of things. But because I did have it, um, what it fostered in me was like this absolute sense of safety and peace and love and so whenever I I went on the journey of figuring out who I was and trying to delve into it more because I always had them to go home to or talk to I was able to do this like really in a positive manner and so I really did not um, I battled with depression and battled with um, low self-esteem probably from middle school all the way through uh, college really and so and that's not you know, atypical. You hear that about a lot of people, but I think we just don't talk about it a whole lot with each other, with our friends. And so yeah. I can remember, um, one of the turning points, I was just telling my roommate this the other night, one of the turning points for me realizing that I wanted to be different was, um, when I was like 13, I was walking into a mall with my mom to go shopping and get a couple of things. And I remember thinking to myself, I don't care who sees me here with my mom. I really like her as a person, not just as my mom. <laughs> and that was a super big, point for me that uh you know how some things just stick out in your head for the rest of your life and that's one of those points where I was like you know what no matter what anybody says to me about what they think about my mom because my mom was um my mom has always been very enthusiastic very um like I can bring anybody around her and I know they're going to be comfortable and Mm -hmm. um so she might have been a little bit sillier than some people thought was cool back when I was in high school and middle Mm -hmm. school I think some of my friends or some of my acquaintances that I, weren't really friends um, and my family members, like extended family members, thought my mom was silly and kind of stupid sometimes. And um, it's she, so interesting to me. It, like,
0: it sounds like which you're, you're not supposed to type people, but it, it sounds like a lot of um, the type seven on the Enneagram, which is. Oh, probably.
1: I haven't yeah. had her take it yet. You should totally which, have her take it. What's the seven?
0: So the sevens are like kind of um, they're always wanting to have fun. Like yeah. they are like full of color and just all about fun, but they also kind of have this this fear that people won't take them seriously. Yeah, and, because a lot of times people don't. And, yeah. Um, and so yeah, that's kind of uh, what that makes me. Think that's about.
1: too funny. Right. Yeah, I think that's totally that's probably her in a lot of ways,
0: <laughs> which we all have. You know, all the types in us. Um, yeah. So okay, so you um kind of. I think that's really special to always have the a space to be uh, to be who you are and not have yeah. to um, to show up any differently than than who you are. Um, yeah. And I think that speaks a lot about her, and just you know, she probably felt that people, you know, didn't take her seriously or you know thought she was a little uh, too fun or you know something like that. Yeah. But yet she yeah still she was just like not the cool mom. Yeah. But she still showed up you know, unapologetically herself. Yeah. And
1: I think that absolutely rubbed off on me. Totally. Like she was herself no matter what. And ultimately that determination is what helps me do things sometimes when I'm like, you know what, nobody seems to agree with what I'm doing or people think that I'm being silly or not, it's not cool or whatever it is. And I'm just like, you know what, I'm going to do it anyway, because it always turns out, that people actually appreciate what I do <laughs> even if they don't understand it in the beginning like um another example is that uh so when I went off to college it was very much like oh my gosh this is um it's so weird I mean it's a really it's a it was a total privilege to be able to go to college in the first place I mean of a family of four um we weren't wealthy by any means we were definitely like live paycheck to paycheck and um you know, but we always had a good time, so it never felt like we were in need
3: mm-hmm.
1: for sure. Um, but when I went off to college, I was like, This is it, this is where I'm gonna make my friends. I always felt like I had, like, um, like I was an old soul, kind of, and so I never really connected. I had a few really good friends in high school, and one in particular that I am still friends with, but that's it because I was not like down to party or like I was just not the cool kid in, in high school. I played sports to get by, and so when I went to college, I had this thing in my head where I was like, You know what. I'm going to make some really good friends this year. I'm going they're going to be lifelong friends. And, um, and that's what I did. So one of the things I wanted to say in this podcast was that you can make whatever you want happen, or you can make whatever you want manifest. It's all about going in with intention. So I went into college with this, like, <laughs> I'm going to make this environment for myself happen. And so I chose a dorm. I went to Pacific Lutheran university in Tacoma, which was only like an hour away from home. Um, and I chose the dorm that was all girls And I did that on purpose because, um, I've been around boys my whole life. I mean, with just brothers, but I wanted some good girlfriends. And so I ended up on the ground floor of this dorm called Harstad and only one half of the floor was occupied because the other half, um, this actually used to be like a place where they did experiments or something really spooky. But we ended up on one half of the the dorm (laughs) hall with like seven girls and, um, I don't remember who made up the name, but we started calling ourselves the ground floor girls. And then we all lived together in a house senior year and we're friends to this day. And yeah. it's like, Oh my God, I just, I made that, like, I definitely had a part in making that happen. Um, and so then when we lived together senior year in that house, I spent the, that year videotaping us and the girls hated me. They were like, why are you going to put up on tape? Oh my God, Margaret, what the heck are you doing? following us around with this camera? And then I put a movie together at the end of the year and they all freaking loved it. And it was like, <laughs> I knew you guys were going to love this. You just had to let me do it. And I think it's sometimes it's like you have to help people, people be uncomfortable. Yeah. And if you see something, if you see an end product or something that in your head, you, your vision makes sense and you know, it's going to work, then you have to bet on yourself because there's most of the time, you're not going to have very many people that side with you or that understand your vision.
0: Yeah. And yeah. It's so funny. Like hearing you talk, because I remember I think it was, I don't know. It was a couple days ago when you were doing your, your live Instagram video. And I was just watching it, and I was like, I just I just really like how Margaret has no problem just coming on here and just talking. And, like, I, and like, not that I – I feel like I, I do fine with videos, yeah.
3: but
0: it's just, like, the – just going on Instagram and just going live and just being like, Hey, guys, so, like, this is my new thing that I'm doing. It's going to be really great, and <laughs> you all need to go, like, check it out. And it's just, like, this, you know – just intense passion that you feel time, like that you are, are working on a new project. Yeah. It's like you can feel that you, um, that you really believe in it. Yeah. And that you're like, this is so amazing. And it's like everyone else is eventually going to feel the same way.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, that's what I, I definitely feel like um, when you put passion, you put energy into something, whatever I choose to put it into right now. I'm being, I'm, I've learned to be super selective um, with what I choose to put my energy into because I know whatever I pour my energy into is going to succeed. And so I have to make sure number one, publish in the big picture. And so that's, um, what's been really helpful is trying to figure out like, which direction do I want to move in professionally and personally? And what do I, what are the big things that I want to accomplish, which has always been super hard for me to nail down. And I still am not ever hundred percent okay with that or, sh- or sure of what it is. And, um, I've been, I've like become okay with not knowing all the time because a lot of times people want to know exactly what direction you're headed in, um, the steps it takes to get there. And like, I absolutely believe that I can figure out anything once I know what the end game is. So you have to be able to prioritize and decide if it's important enough that you want to put, put your time into it. And when I decide to do something, I go 110% all out and it will succeed. Um, and maybe it, it doesn't succeed by what somebody else would say is success, but whatever I determine to be. And the success it will it will happen so i think that you have to really be um you have to be able to prioritize and clarify whether or not something's worth doing for yourself if it fits within what you want to accomplish in life
0: yeah absolutely yeah and you um and i'm sure if, like there were times like working with with jesse at picket at picket street that you probably brought some ideas to him
1: that he was like
2: no. Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah. We talk about that on our. We just started a podcast yeah. too, and we talk about that a lot. We're going to talk about it more. Um, yeah. And I think I, one of our goals with behind that is just to um, kind of peel back the curtain a lot because he and I both get a lot of questions about how it is to work with each other, and it's kind of like with any other partnership. Um, you have to understand that it's not going to be um, steady ground all the time, and you're not going to. The whole point is sometimes the best partners are people that are. Um, very different from you because they bring different perspectives and different ideas to the table and uh the my whole goal behind working with anybody is being able to clearly communicate what I want and um understand what they're saying to me and be able to compromise or come to a place where we understand what our end goal is and do our visions match and all of that and so um yeah there's definitely been times where I've brought ideas to the table and he wasn't like 100% behind it but he didn't he was still supportive of me doing it. So for example, um, like the the Pacific Northwest operations retreat that I started three years mm-hmm. ago, I actually didn't even bring the idea to him. I just started it and um, <laughs> did it outside of my time at Pickett street. I started doing it at night and on the weekends. Whenever I had free time, I just, um, I can organize the heck out of anything. And so that was a goal of mine to bring people together in that community. And now it's becoming something really big and it's exciting. So um, yeah,
0: it's super exciting. And yeah, just to see the um, you know, just for everybody for context, we're we're all kind of a part of this uh, admin mastermind group that meets monthly, and just to see like where that started, and then now there's so many people that come. Yeah, and it's just like this little like tribe of of people who, um, who really needed each other. Yeah, in that, in that industry because it can be, um, really tough out there
1: by yourself yeah absolutely and that's something that I think has always been a passion of mine and it's why I went and got my master's in social work it's because I want to help be a voice for people that are underserved or um, that just aren't able to speak for themselves and I've that was one of the first things I noticed when I came into this industry was that there's number one there's a lack of talent in the operations world and so to recruit people into this industry is a big need but then also there is a lack of leadership from people that decide to hire someone and yeah. then there's a lack of um empowered admin and to speak up and realize that their voice needs to be heard so mm-hmm. that was like right away my focus just went to that completely
0: yeah and that, it's just so cool because I'm on the other side of it you know and um I know all of us are so grateful for that and for you being kind of that uh catalyst <laughs> well <laughs> you yeah know, kind of paved the way for all of us um <laughs>
1: I'm happy too, because it not only is uh, doesn't only provide opportunities for everybody else, but it also fulfills me. It's also like for me, I need something um, scary and crazy and like new to go to a new path to go down every day or I get bored. And so um, and boredom for me is like just like the worst. I'd rather (laughs) I'd rather have like big scary problems or challenges in front of me every day than to have nothing.
3: Yeah. Yeah
0: that fear of, of mediocrity or doing, yeah, absolutely or doing, doing the same thing every day and not really.
1: Yeah. No new challenges. I would literally go crazy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think that's, um, that's sort of the, the place that I am finding myself in right now is like, okay, like, you know, what, what's next. Yeah. And so I'm trying to, um, you know, kind of create these new opportunities for myself and try to try to think outside the box. Um, yeah Hence me doing this podcast you know Um, because it's like well I need to do something um, for me and that inspires me and that um, that I can be passionate about
1: yeah absolutely and there's you just reminded me of a part in the book the miracle morning I just finished reading it this morning and there's something that Hal calls um, gap focus Mm -hmm. and he talks about for high achievers um, you're always kind of focused on the next, whatever's coming next. And so that in between, in between time of like maybe a big event that just happened, that a big accomplishment that you had. And now there's this in between time that he calls the gap and our, we tend to focus on the gap and for high achievers, you tend to always be looking to what's next, what's next, what's next. And that's okay because it helps to push us along, um, down our path, but we also have to find like a little bit of peace in this gap part. Like maybe like for me, I have to remind myself, um, this might be a good time for me to rest to like (laughs) take a break and maybe like refuel, focus on self care and do some things in order to prepare myself because whatever's coming next um, is probably going to take twice as much energy, twice as much time, twice as much um, endurance and real focus. And so I should take this time to really refuel. Yeah.
0: And I think there's um, you kind of, and um, I'm trying to remember there's, um certain numbers like so every part of the Enneagram there's um they're all in different kind of triads. So there's like the head, the heart and um the body. Yeah. I can't rem I can't remember what um which one before is in. I think it might be in the heart triad. That would make sense. Um but it's like you kind of become so um Attune to, like, other people's needs yep. and, like, other people, like, the, the I guess maybe even the, the big picture that you kind of um, forget about your own needs. Yep. And so I feel like that, those periods of, of gaps kind of remind you, like, okay, I really need to, like, come back to myself and reconnect with, with me. Yep. And, you know, kind of just go inside yourself for a bit. Totally. Yeah. It's is, is hard sometimes.
1: Yeah, completely. And I think, um, I'm also a bit of an empath and so, and by empath, like a lot of people have different descriptions for empaths, but basically like I can take on the feelings of other people or like, yes, if I walk into a room, I can totally sense if I, if someone I know is not feeling good and then I tend to take on those feelings and, mm-hmm. um, I am a fixer and I always have wanted to fix things. And so that's something else that I've really learned in the last couple of years is to let go of other people's problems and other people's concerns and just um, yes. let it be. Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. I heard, <laughs> um, what was I, I was li- listening to this podcast of course and uh, <laughs> it's called the adult chair and it's kind of a, like a therapist ish podcast, but okay. she was um, you know, the adult chair, you have, which is the chair that, you know, you should live in as an adult. But then there's this, this child chair that we kind of revert back to sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she was talking about uh, her husband and how um, for some reason on Sundays, they were like the worst days for him. Like he was just in a mood and like everybody had to walk on eggshells around him. And she kind of had this uh, moment where she was like, I am not going to participate in his feelings. Yeah. And it's not like a in a in a cold or like I don't care mentality, but it's like your feelings are your own and I'm yep. not gonna participate in them and I'm not gonna bring myself into it and allow your feelings to attach themselves to me. Yep. And here recently I've I've been able to catch myself anytime like somebody's upset and I'm like, Oh, okay, well then like I'm like immediately sucked into being upset with them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, whoa, 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 I need to, I need to know where I end and where they begin. Yep. And, like, this is not about me. Yeah. And, you know, just kind of establishing that, like, hard, hard boundary. Um, Because, like, which sometimes, you know, it's, it's appropriate and it's okay to do that. Yeah. Whenever it's, like, a constant, that's kind of whenever it becomes a little bit, um. Oh,
1: yeah. It could be draining.
0: Yeah, really draining for, for whoever is doing that, um. And it's a disservice to the other person, too, because they need to be able to to kind of bring themselves out of that. Totally. They can't, um, whether it's unconscious or not, you know, depend on someone else to kind of be their own center.
1: Yeah. No, no. They have to learn to self-soothe. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times, um, I mean, that's why I went into social work was because I realized from an early age that I was a really good listener and I could absolutely... People feel happier but it was a real temporary thing and um so like if i think if i was a counselor i that would it would make a lot of sense but um ultimately i think a lot of people who aren't capable of like working through their feelings as an adult it's because they never learned how to self-soothe and so to learn that as an adult like past age 25 can be really difficult it's difficult to change habits and things after um the front of your brain is developed which they say happens by the age 25 usually Um, so well, good. there's still time for me. Oh my gosh. Yeah, girl, you've got so much time. You're so much further than I
0: was. Oh God. I have two years to, to change. Oh my God.
1: You've got so much time. Yeah. Uh,
0: Yeah. And it's, it's it's been really interesting for me because, you know, I've, I've been going to, um, which many people might not know this, but I've been going to therapy since like the end of July
3: Mm
0: -hmm. and, uh, I had a bunch of stuff happen in my life and I was like, all right, um, I can't really ignore any of this any yeah. longer. So yep. I, I need to like go deal with it. Yep. And, uh, it's, you know, July towards now, I feel like we, um, my therapist and I were just now kind of get digging into all of the, the childhood stuff mm-hmm. and I'm realizing how, um, uncomfortable all of that makes me. And hmm. like I'm like slowly uncovering all of the the the, the trauma that existed,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and I'm just like kind of just it's sort of like I'm like looking down at everything, and I'm just like wow, like yeah, you know I can see here, here, and here how this has made me react this way in certain situations, and hmm. um, not uh, knowing or not having an example or anybody like teach me about what a what a healthy relationship is and mm-hmm. um like all of these things and i'm just like wow
1: <laughs> what do you think what's what's like the number one thing that you've taken away so far
0: um i think the number one thing um which this is is difficult for me uh because i so i'm reading this book that my therapist recommended
2: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, it's called healing the scars of childhood abuse okay and there's a, a part in it in the very beginning it talks about um Abuse children like they kind of have these these ways in which they talk about their abuse and one of them is um, minimizing their abuse mm-hmm. and so they'll they'll say things like oh well like it really wasn't that bad like it wasn't perfect you know mm-hmm. but but you know it was it was fine yeah and as I was reading this I was like oh like that's what I've done my whole life yeah and so the, the therapy and the book has kind of confronted me or made me confront um, the fact that I I did indeed have an abusive childhood. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably the biggest um, realization so far Mm -hmm. was that, no, it's actually really not normal at all. Mm -hmm. While, you know, there were pieces of it that were like kind of glimpses of normal, like the overall parts of it weren't.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: And that's been um, very shocking just in just in how the brain protects itself. Yep. From from those things. Um, Yep. So So true. It's been an interesting. uh,
1: Well, good for you for doing that, because I think (laughs) a lot of people um, are afraid of the word therapy, even like talking and all it is and the way when I talk to people about this and I encourage them to do it is all it is is an outside opinion. I mean, take away strip away the title, strip away the certificate, the education, all of that. I mean, when I got my master's in social work, you know, it was two years of education. It was two years of exposure. Um, it's not like I'm a pro by any means. And so what I love about the idea of therapy is it's just bringing someone into your circle who might be able to teach you something because they're completely objective. Yeah. That's all it is. And it's like, it's just you, I mean, the fact that you're at 23 doing this, you are so much further than like several people I know that are my age 35 to 30 to 40. And that didn't start that until they were 35. And even then, there's some people that still haven't started it. So it's like you are going to be, like, the best person you can possibly be, the best version of yourself because you're willing to take the risks and be uncomfortable.
0: Thank you.
2: Yeah.
1: So it's impressive. Not everybody Thank does you. that. Thank yeah. you. It's, yeah.
0: It, well, kind of, um, I guess the, the, the part that I, I struggle with is that it's, you know, it wasn't I, – I wish that I could have done this before, like, something had happened that it, it prompted me to take a look at, at things. Um, why? I don't, I don't, because well, it's like, you know, I, I wish I could have prevented it. It's kind of...
1: You mean whatever happened in your childhood?
0: Well, even just like the, the recent events that have taken place. Oh, oh. That, that it like, that prompted me to go yeah. to therapy. Oh, I totally, it's,
1: I see what you mean by that. There's know, sometimes there's things that happen in our lives and they're like, oh, why did it have to come to this in order to prompt me to do this? But um, uh, you know what? Like sometimes messages come through that way from the universe from God from whoever <laughs> that's true um, like they sometimes you need something like that in order to push you and that's something I've totally embraced too that it sounds like you're experiencing is that there's some people that come into my life just to tell me no so that I want to push back and say but yes this is gonna happen this is gonna be me and so yeah. I think that's what you've experienced and it's like the fact that you're responding in a positive manner like that is um, it shows a lot of maturity for someone so young thank
0: you
1: yeah like what do you think like beyond so i I don't know your whole story, but um yeah. like because of what's happened to you, what like took you through it what uh what inspired you to push forward to move to Washington to explore yourself to like think outside the box
0: you know i and my mom my mom has told me this this whole life she you know she or my whole life she said you know she's like sarah like you have you have this this calling on your life, and you were made to do something. and And so, I've always had this um, this feeling like, okay, I'm supposed to do something like really, really great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just have no idea what that even is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I still feel that way. And it's just like, like I, you know, I'm supposed to be doing something great, and like here I am, like continuously screwing up doing something great
3: mm-hmm.
0: and um and so you know kind of why why i moved here i was just like well i need to to go out and experience something new that's completely outside of of what i know
3: mm-hmm.
0: with new people who think way differently than i think yeah um because i grew up in the south in you know louisiana which is just a whole other group of people and um And could just immerse myself in, in, in bigger, bigger broader thinking Mm -hmm. because I had felt like in, in, in some ways that I had growing up had sort of been put in this box and I was always very resistant to the box.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. But it was like, I had to be in the box because I wasn't an adult and I couldn't decide for myself. And then I finally like was able to break free from the box. And then, you know, that's kind of the path that led me here. Um, so there was a sense of like deconstruction that I went through Mm -hmm. and now I'm still like realizing like, there's still a whole lot more deconstruction Mm -hmm. to really get down to this, this place. And I think that that's like from a a positive viewpoint that in order for me, I think to, to do that great thing, whatever it may be, like I, I have to fully do that, that deconstruction. Totally and shed it all before
1: yeah. i can do that yeah it is <laughs> 100% totally like and that's what this time is for you it's that it's that period to like delve into that and figure it out now because eventually it surfaces and if you don't the you like push it to the side the it'll come out at a time when you're when it's not like the best time you don't want it yeah. to come out when you're in the like in the moment of doing whatever you're meant to be doing
0: <laughs> that's With yeah funding. that's
1: so true yeah, and that's what I've had to figure out, too, is that I, I am exactly where I'm meant to be. It just says you're exactly where you're meant to be right now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You're totally at the right place doing the right stuff. Absolutely.
0: Thank you. Yeah. I'm,
1: so, I'm supposed to be, like, you know, talking about you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, this is what you're, I'm really good at. Also when
1: also when someone came into the office the other day and you said, you know, I'm asking everybody else to tell their story because I don't want to tell mine yet. And I was like, oh, there's a hook for me. Yeah. <laughs> I should have said that. <laughs> I pay uh, attention to that stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I was like,
0: dang it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, and I want to, um, to like, really, like, tell it and, like, the thoughts of, like, maybe writing a book about it. Um, yeah. I just don't know. Like, you know, it's all kind of up in the, just, I'm, it's all very unclear. Oh, yeah. Right
1: now. And you have to be ready.
0: Yeah, I have to be ready and um, yeah. and just you know. So I'm just like where I am right now, and I'm just learning to be okay with this place mm-hmm. that I'm in. However, mm-hmm. like uncomfortable and and that, and that's why I love the the enneagram because it it teaches us what we do whenever um, we don't want to feel pain. Yep. And that's been so helpful for me because I've been able to identify like, oh, this is what I'm doing right now to get out of feeling this way. <laughs> yep. I need to, I need to press into
1: this.
3: Yep.
1: Um, you can do when, when I get upset or when get angry, it tenses up and I start to feel like, um, you know, you can feel you can, how you're feeling. And if you can identify in that moment what's happening, that's like the best level of self-awareness.
0: Yes, and I feel yeah. like that's what the enneagram gives you.
1: Yeah, Is this, have you ever this... taken the Myers Briggs?
0: I want to say that I have. I I don't I don't really remember what I was. Um, okay, but uh, for some reason, like I don't like, and I guess it's the the more that I I dig into the enneagram and like the, the history of it and all these resources, mm-hmm. the more I. Um, the more that it just, like, I have this, like, sort of, uh, like, reverence to it almost. Because mm-hmm. um, I was I was, re- was reading this book. It's called um, The Road Back to You, um, which is about the Enneagram. And uh, in it, it talks about how um, once you receive the Enneagram, you have this responsibility to, like, be the best that you can and to show up in the best that you can for those that you love yeah and for your, and, and for yourself yeah and like i I'm, I'm sure people get real tired of me talking about it um, <laughs> but i'm just like I, i've done so much research about it and yeah. i'm still still doing more and it's just like the more i uncover the more that i understand the world better yeah and the more that i understand people and, my, and myself yeah most importantly um because yeah, because we can't, if you don't understand yourself, like, how how are you going to do anything in the world that's yep. meaningful?
1: That's absolutely right on. Like, the more you understand yourself and the people around you, the more you can accomplish. And that's, like, a big part of how I operate within a community. If I want to create a community and inspire people, you have to know what how to inspire them. And so yeah. that work that you're doing now is going to pay off it's going to be like a lifelong habit, which is awesome. Yeah,
3: thank you. Yeah, and
0: I want to, I want to talk about your. Um, I know we don't have like a ton of time left, but but I want to talk real quick about your um, experience with Miracle Mornings and how that's going. Oh
1: yeah. Talk um, since I've become. Say I'm addicted personal development i mean that's like the best word i can think of but um yeah because i've seen the compound effect of reading this personal development and these business books over the last six years they compound on top of each other and so i'm constantly in search of the next thing and when i i've thought about miracle morning now off and on for like a year and i'd heard about it before but i was like oh i'm a morning person but i really don't want to get up at 5 a.m i have like no desire to be up at dark before everybody else and Be doing things like reading and writing and visualization at five in the morning.
0: Well, see, I'm not a morning person at all. So that just sounds
1: absolutely horrible. Right. And so, why I wanted to
0: ask you about it.
1: Yeah. And so, there was about four weeks ago when I was like, you know what, Margaret, though, um, I've done all these things separately. I have not consistently done anything besides read and exercise which are two really good things um, and also like affirmations ever since I met Derek Shank and I started saying affirmations and then recording them and listening to my voice. I've done that, but I've never done all of them together and I've never tried it in the morning. And the thing about this book is that Hal has done all the research, Hal um, talks about his life and the fact that he died for six minutes when he was 20, cause he was hit straight on by a drunk driver. And um, beyond that, he also got cancer, I think at 30, And so he's had these experiences and he's done his research on the best time of day for things to, to do these, to do these different things. Um, He calls the savers. It's um, silence or meditation, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing or journaling. And you do the ideal thing is you do it at five in the morning or right around there and you do each one for 10 minutes. So it's a total of an hour. And so now I'm on day, I think this is 13 or 14. And I have to say like, there are absolutely some changes happening and one I'm sleeping better because I'm so exhausted by the time I get home <laughs> 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 I by nine thirty, and I fall asleep within like 15 seconds I, by 10 o'clock after I've read and stuff and I've had trouble sleeping the last years actually um, just because of different anxiety and stresses in my life and so that's been massive and then um, I've changed my affirmations and I'm doing a new vision board um, this weekend, actually this last week I've been working on it because I realized that my dream board at work had a bunch of positive affirmations because that's who I am. And that's how I, well, how I surround myself and my environment with is stuff that makes me feel good and positive. Mm-hmm. But it, with your dream board, it's supposed to be things that you envision for yourself. And so mm-hmm. I'm changing the focus of that a little bit. And then my affirmations, I've always been a really positive person, but Hal talks about how your affirmations should really be focused on things that you want to get better at. And so for me, the last week, specifically the last seven days, my affirmations have changed to, um, wealth and money affirmations, which is uncomfortable for me because one of the things I'm really working on is changing my mindset around money. And, um, I've always believed that I've had enough. Um, but I think there's a a mindset, there's something, a block in me that says, um, I don't deserve to be wealthy or I don't deserve to have enough money to be, to say, or feel safe, I guess. And so being single, not having a partner and owning a house on my own was a huge risk and super scary for me. And so I really want to change my mindset around money because the more money that comes to me, (laughs) the more good I'm going to be able to do for the world. And so um, that's what I'm focusing on. And so something that you said earlier that Hal says it's a quote in his book, he says, it's our job to live to our full potential so that we can show yeah. our friends and family what their potential is. Yeah. And awesome. it's like, that's like going to be my new life thing because I've realized that in the last six years, since I started doing more personal development that I'm changing in ways that my friends and family think are really weird and crazy. <laughs> and I think at times really all it is, is, is there's a jealousy around it. And yeah. I don't like to be, I don't like people to be jealous of me. I don't, I hate it. Um, but I'm not going to deny myself happiness because this makes me happy. I'm not going to deny that myself just because someone's uncomfortable with what I'm doing. And so the miracle morning has been a really interesting kind of kickstart to October for me. And I, um, now I was telling somebody this morning, I, even though it's the weekend, my body automatically woke up at 4:45, and I wow. went into the bathroom and I like, you know, I was like washing my face. And then I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna go back to bed. Cause the whole routine is, like, you do it at 5 a.m. during the work days, and then on the weekend, um, you know, you do it whenever you wake up or whatever you want it to be, essentially. Hal says, even if you have kids and you, um, or you have a really different schedule, you can do these six things for six minutes. You don't have to do them for a full hour. The whole point of it is to do it consistently. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I highly recommend it, and I'm going to do it all the way through the 30 days, and then I probably will continue past the 30 days because um, I'm really... I'm so curious to see how this changes other things in my life. Cause whenever I've done something like this consistently and added a habit into my life, um, other stuff changes and it's really cool to watch. So I'm like, I've never done all these things at once. I'm just like, I feel like I'm going to wake up in a different country one day and just be like, Oh, this got me. (laughs) Like it's going to be something that crazy and weird that I'm not even going to realize what, um, because meditation, I mean, it's known to grow back parts of your brain um, it's super calming and good for anxiety and stress and sleep. And, uh, okay,
0: so I have a real question for you. Yeah. Have you ever done a float tank?
1: No. And I would like to try that. I uh, actually gave one of those um, certificates to Jesse to try, but I'm super claustrophobic and I don't okay. like the dark, also.
3: <laughs>
1: so I know so you tried you it, didn't you?
0: Yes. Yeah, so, um, so there's a specific, um or com- er, float tank place okay. in kirkland and they have um much bigger pods okay um because like the standard ones are kind of small and you kind of hit the walls yeah can't not do um,
2: that can't do it
0: yeah and you're a tall person so <laughs> yeah. um uh so yeah i'll have to um find the name but uh and then is it place- like totally
1: dark when you're when you when you shut the top
0: Okay, so these are the options. So <laughs> for the for the full experience, and it's, it's an hour. Oh, my um, gosh. So you, you are completely naked. You take a shower before, and you want to kind of, um, you know, push your hair back. And you can't touch your face while you're in there because it's, like, there, there's such a great amount of salt because you're floating. Huh. And so um, you have to resist the urge to, like, touch anything. Oh, and God. And so um, there's so, – so you get in the tank and uh it's just you know probably like uh maybe like mid calf deep maybe less okay um so it's not super deep at all and then you um close the lid and it's like got like a big dome lid um and then you lay there for an hour <laughs> and you just think about whatever you want to think about and it's you know there's no sound there's no um, noise that the air and the water are the same temperature as your skin. Hmm. So you kind of, there's no, like, you're just deprived of all of your senses. Mm-hmm. And it's a very um interesting, and I want to do it again, because whenever I was in there, I kind of had, a, I think, I don't know if I, like, meditated to a deep place. Yeah. Or if I fell asleep. Yeah. But I woke up out of whatever I was in. And kind of woke up, like, very, like, panicky. Yeah. And they have this, like, little light that you can press um, in the tank to kind of, you know, calm you down if you get nervous or anything. And um, Okay. So I, I turned that on and laid there, and I was just like, oh, God, I, I just need to get out. And so I, like, open the lid. But I don't get out. I just, like, kind of breathe and, like, look around me. And I'm like, okay, I'm okay. <laughs> so I, I close the lid and I go back in and then I, um, I leave, I end up leaving the light on for like the remainder of the session, which I think was like 15 minutes. Okay. Um, but it's interesting because it's like what I should have done was like press into that and like go, go deeper into my like feelings of anxiety. Yeah. Um, instead of like, nope, I'm in, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and you don't feel, um, it feels very spacious when you're in there. Okay. And it's really, really, um, I really like it. Okay. And I don't normally, I've never really like meditated. And so yeah. was, it was a really, really interesting experience for me to do.
3: Well, that's so cool. Have, okay. I might highly to recommend.
0: <laughs> I was into the place and, um, I don't know if they have like shorter sessions, but yeah, sitting in there for an hour was, was hard. It's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, you, I mean, you're not really doing anything. You're just kind of. Yeah. Existing. Yeah. And it's it's really cool. Well, I, I,
1: would... I totally, like, I can see how, because we're so overstimulated. Yes. All the time. And so one of the things that Hal talks about is starting your day out in silence. And whether you pray or meditate or whatever it is, it's just so few of us start our day out like that. And I think I was telling Jesse the other day that now I'm starting to crave it. So I'm starting to, like, absolutely preserve the time and make sure that I get time to do it because if I don't do it I feel like it doesn't start my day off right
0: yeah 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 I love I love silence as well yeah like I'll find myself just like driving in complete silence oh yeah 100 percent. this is a little weird but it, it, <laughs> it brings me peace
1: <laughs> oh yeah for sure and I've gotten to the point now too where I also I don't watch tv um oh, wow. I mean I love movies and so if I need to completely like um that's another sign of not of a four, but for the Myers-Briggs and INFJ, like to decompress. It's pretty typical for us to watch a movie or TV because it takes us out of real life and into someone else's story, mm-hmm. which is like super freeing. And so I love movies and I love going to the movie theater, but I don't watch any TV shows regularly and I don't stay up to date on stuff. So um, taking that out because I really don't have time for it. If I come home and I make dinner and I exercise, it's like almost time for bed.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's
1: true yeah if I'm staying strict to my schedule which I really try to yeah wow.
3: Well,
1: it's hard that's... to be regimented but you gotta I think the self-discipline is where a lot of this comes into because mm-hmm. um it takes a lot of discipline to start a habit and keep it till where it becomes a part of your life and yeah. you want as many positive habits as possible
0: made me think about i haven't read it yet but the the book by rachel hollis um girl wash your face yeah i want to
1: watch i want to read that too. i haven't read yeah
0: that. um <laughs> there, there's something in there that says like uh like never break a promise to yourself
1: okay yeah
0: and i thought so that made me think, like,
1: that's too funny that. have you you know the mel robbins uh, five second rule
0: um i remind me again I've, I've
1: heard of it yeah it's just really brief it's like i've only heard her a little ted talk but it's um you can do anything you need to do in five seconds. So like waking up in the morning, um, if I let myself go back to sleep, it could happen. Like I'll sleep through my alarm or whatever. But when I wake up, I'll say five, four, three, two, one, and I have to get up by one. And so it's like pushing yourself over the edge of whatever you're trying to push yourself over in order to begin. And um, I love that. So I use that often to get out of bed.
0: Yes, And I, since I was a little girl, like probably since I was born, I have had so much trouble waking up in
3: the morning. Like <laughs> You absolutely
1: a- need to try this then. And I want to see what happens because <laughs> I have to tell you by the time I come. So the routine with Hal is like you have the five second rule. You put your alarm clock, which I don't do this part, but you put your alarm clock across the room. You get up immediately. You go to the bathroom. You drink a full cup of water because water um, starts your metabolism going. And then also it wakes you up because you've been dehydrated all night. Um, so, I go to the bathroom, drink a cup of water, I make a cup of coffee, and by the time I come back and sit down, I'm like, oh my God, I'm awake. And it's like five o'clock. <laughs> yeah. Like, and by the time I start driving and going to work, I've already been up for two and a half hours, and I feel so much more at peace and like settled and ready for the day than I ever have before.
0: That's so interesting. Because I see my, my routine, um, I wake up at about eight. 30 sometimes eight forty. Yeah. Leave my house by eight fifty. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then usually I get to work about five minutes late.
2: Okay. Yeah. Which
0: you know it's not like imperative that I'm there on time but like I always feel stressed because I'm late. Yep. And um I'm like even though like nobody's really like counting on me to be there. Yeah. I'm, like i it's still like I'm supposed to be there at nine and I'm not there at nine. Yeah. Um and uh yeah, and so it's just interesting because I have literally, like, no re- – I just literally wake up yep. and immediately start getting dressed and brushing my teeth and then I'm out
3: the door.
1: Yeah, no, I know. I've never really had a morning routine either. It's always been, like, I just work my time back for how much time I need to shower, and, like, usually I go to a coffee shop to get a coffee, but um, I I totally dare you to try it for, like, <laughs> the 30 days and see what you think. I think because um, if you started doing something, like, having some sort of a morning routine – right now at that age. Oh my gosh. Like you'd be light years ahead of people.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think sometimes too, I feel like I'm not, um, far enough ahead. Oh, and then, and then like hearing you say stuff like that, it kind of reminds me like, okay, like I am only 23.
1: Yes. Yes. And you have plenty of time. And, uh, I heard, uh, one of the guys in our office, um, Mark, who I really admire, I'm forgetting what his last name is at the moment, but he's a, he's a police lieutenant for Seattle PD, oh, and wow. he came by, because he's been involved um, ever since he came, I really love the guy, he's just like, he's going to transition from police work into real estate when he retires, but he was very enthusiastic about Sarah's um, bodybuilding competition, so he'd come by and visit, and we got to know him, and um, he was like, what are you going to do after the competition, and she said, well, I'm not sure yet, I think I'm just going to like sit back and wait for a minute and see how I feel, and he said, don't wait, rush. And I knew what he he meant, but Sarah was like, what do you mean? And he was like, rush. If you want something in life or you even think of that, you might want it, rush to it. Because, you know, he's probably in his 60s now and, um, you know, really thinking he has done that his whole life. And it's like there's always got to be a little bit of a sense of urgency behind what you want to do and try. And Mm -hmm. so that's why I think at 23, you're doing really well, so don't stop. Like, don't, like, you know, don't rush through stuff. Like, don't rush through therapy. Rush through. um, Think that you need to be 10 times further than you're at but um there's a mix of patience and like also rushing I think that there you gotta like kind of go back and forth between
0: yeah 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 I think it's I think too maybe it's more like um I feel like kind of like don't relent
1: like
3: what
0: don't relent like, yes yeah like keep like just whatever it is like just keep like that pace yeah so like it's you know, you reach that like breakthrough and then it's like, all right, yep. you know, next thing. Totally. Um, but something and I, as I digress and we can wrap up after this, um, I don't remember where I heard this, but it was talking about, um, how a lot of people, um, don't take the time to enjoy their mountaintop moment.
1: Their what talk moment?
0: Uh, mountaintop moment.
3: Oh, mountaintop, So, yes. you know,
0: you, you reach the mountaintop and then it's like, well now I have to like go back down or you know <laughs> they're only like thinking about like what's you know coming what's after next? this moment yeah. and not like just taking like that pause yeah um and really being present at that that moment yeah um because I, I know for Sarah and probably for you when, when you reach that that top of whatever you're you're seeking it's just kind of like you know you just got to like sit down and like look around you and you're just yep. like wow like my reality has changed. Yeah. from in the from the beginning to now and um i think that there's just such a special um place.
1: Oh yeah. That. That's all the that reflection is super important and a lot of times um Jesse talks about this a lot because he's totally ADD and it's hard for him to sit <laughs> But the fact is there's a lot of research that's been done in that when you reflect and you learn from what you've just gone through, um, something happens there and you have to pay attention to that. So, yeah, I think when you've reached that mountaintop that you've been going towards, you've got to kind of sit up there for a minute and think about what I just did and what you went through. And then um, it'll help you with whatever you do next. Totally. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Margaret's going to preach today.
2: Can't wait. Yep.
0: (laughs) Was well, there anything else that you would like to add um about you about your story or anything before we um,
1: have... um I think just that I think the biggest thing that I've done to to come to really love myself is to um invest time in myself and these personality develop like assessment things and the um the reading and the really like just taking a moment to think about why you do what you do and how you tick is super important so get used to being uncomfortable and live in discomfort and like you're you'll soon just come to love it I
0: love that I yeah. don't have anything to add that is the perfect way to end this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. well, well thank you so much for coming on and yeah this was uh, fun yeah it was so fun and I know everybody like I'm so inspired after um hearing all that you said and um I um i am going to buy the book and do I'm it going, girl I'm gonna think really hard about doing
3: it <laughs> don't and... even think just do it
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then I will um I'll have to let everybody know how it
1: uh, yes it
0: ends up because that it, if I do that like that is seriously gonna be the huge yeah <laughs> because I'm that's just not me um <laughs> right now at least All right. Well, thank you so much again for coming on and I hope everybody enjoyed this week's episode and I will talk to y'all soon. Thanks, Margaret. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Stories with Sarah. I hope that it blessed you. And if you are loving these podcasts please please get the word out there share these with your friends I want to get these stories into the hands of as many people as possible because there is so much power in sharing your story and I want to give everyone hope that your story never ends with ashes
1: published in the big picture and so that's um what's been really helpful is trying to figure out like which direction do I want to move in professionally and personally? And what do I, what are the big things that I want to accomplish, which has always been super hard for me to nail down. And I still am not ever a hundred percent okay with that or, sh- or sure of what it is. And um, I've been, I've like become okay with not knowing all the time because a lot of times people want to know exactly what direction you're headed in um, the steps it takes to get there. And like, I absolutely believe that, I can figure out anything once I know what the end game is. So you have to be able to prioritize and decide if it's important enough that you want to put, put your time into it. And when I decide to do something, I go 110% all out and it will succeed. Um, and maybe it, it doesn't succeed by what somebody else would say is success, but whatever I determine to be a um, success, it will it will happen. So I think that you have to really be, um, you have to be able to prioritize and clarify whether or not something's worth doing for yourself if it fits within what you want to accomplish in life
0: yeah absolutely yeah and you um and I'm sure like there were times like working with with Jesse at Pickett at Pickett Street that you probably
1: brought some ideas to him that he was like no oh yeah (laughs) Oh, yeah. We talk about that. on our, We just started a podcast, yeah. too. And we talk about that a lot. We're going to talk about it more. Um, yeah. And I think I, one of our goals with behind that is just um, to kind of peel back the curtain a lot, because he and I both get a lot of questions about how it is to work with each other. And it's kind of like with any other partnership. Um, you have to understand that it's not going to be um, steady ground all the time. And you're not going to the whole point is sometimes the best partners are people that are um, very different from you because they bring different perspectives and different ideas to the table. And, yeah. uh, the, my whole goal behind working with anybody is being able to clearly communicate what I want and, um, understand what they're saying to me and be able to compromise or come to a place where we understand what our end goal is and do our visions match and all of that. And so, um, yeah, there's definitely been times where I've brought ideas to the table and he wasn't a whole, like a hundred percent behind it, but he didn't, he was still supportive of me doing it. So for example, um, like the the Pacific Northwest operations retreat that I started three years mm-hmm. ago, I actually didn't even bring the idea to him. I just started it and um, <laughs> did it outside of my time at Pickett street. I started doing it at night and on the weekends. Whenever I had free time, I just, um, I can organize the heck out of anything. And so that was a goal of mine to bring people together in that community. And now it's becoming something really big and it's exciting. So. Um, yeah.
0: It's super exciting. And yeah. Just to see the, um, you know, just for everybody for context, we're, we're all kind of a part of this, uh, admin mastermind group that meets monthly and just to see like where that started. And then now there's so many people that come yeah. and it's just like this little like tribe of, of people who, um, who really needed each other yeah. In that, in that industry because it can be, um, really tough out there by yourself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that I think it's always been a passion of mine and it's why I went and got my master's in social work. It's because I want to help be a voice for people that are underserved or, um, that just aren't able to speak for themselves. And I've, that was one of the first things I noticed when I came into this industry was that there's number one, there's a lack of talent in the operations world. And so to recruit people into this industry is a big need, but then also there is a lack of leadership from people that decide to hire someone. And then there's a lack of, um, empowered admin and to speak up and realize that their voice needs to be heard so mm-hmm. that was like right away my focus just went to that completely
0: yeah and that, it's just so cool because I'm on the other side of it you know and um I know all of us are so grateful for that and for you being kind of that uh catalyst <laughs> well <laughs> that, yeah you know, kind of paved the way for all of us um,
1: <laughs> I'm happy yeah. too, because it not yeah. only is, uh, doesn't only provide opportunities for everybody else, but it also fulfills me. It's also like, for me, I need something, um, scary and crazy and like new to go to a new path to go down every day or I get bored. And so, um, and boredom for me is like, just like the worst I'd rather, <laughs> I'd rather have like big, scary problems or challenges in front of me every day than to have nothing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's that that fear of, of mediocrity or doing, yeah, absolutely or doing, doing the same thing every day and not really.
1: Yeah. Um, any, no anywhere. new challenges. I would literally go crazy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think that's, um, that's sort of the, the place that I am finding myself in right now. It's like, okay, like, you know, what, what's next. Yep. And so I'm trying to, um, you know, kind of create these new opportunities for myself and try to try to think outside the box Um, yeah Hence me doing this podcast you know Um, because it's like well I need to do something um, for me and that inspires me and that um, that I can be passionate about
1: yeah absolutely and there's you just reminded me of a part in the book the miracle morning I just finished reading it this morning and there's something that Hal calls um, gap focus Mm -hmm. and he talks about for high achievers Um, you're always kind of focused on the next, whatever's coming next. And so that in between, in between time of like, maybe a big event that just happened that a big accomplishment that you had. And now there's this in between time that he calls the gap and our, we tend to focus on the gap and for high achievers, you tend to always be looking to what's next, what's next, what's next. And that's okay because it helps to push us along, um, down our path. But we also have to find like a little bit of peace in this gap part. Like maybe like for me, I have to remind myself, um, this might be a good time for me to rest to like (laughs) take a break and maybe like refuel, focus on self care and do some things in order to prepare myself because whatever's coming next um, is probably going to take twice as much energy, twice as much time, twice as much um, endurance and real focus. And so I should take this time to really refuel.
0: Yeah. And I think there's um, you kind of, and um, I'm trying to remember there's, um certain numbers like so every part of the enneagram there's um, they're all in different kind of triads so there's like the head the heart and um the body yeah i can't rem- i can't remember what um which one the 4 is in i think it might be in the heart triad that would make sense um but it's like you kind of become so um Attune to, like, other people's needs yep. and, like, other people, like, the, the I guess maybe even the, the big picture that you kind of um, forget about your own needs. Yep. And so I feel like that those periods of, of gaps kind of remind you, like, okay, I really need to, like, come back to myself and reconnect with, with me. Yep. And, you know, kind of just go inside yourself for a bit. Totally. Yeah. It's is, is hard sometimes.
1: Yeah, completely. And I think, um, I'm also a bit of an empath. And so, and by empath, like a lot of people have different descriptions for empaths, but basically like I can take on the feelings of other people or like, yes. if I walk into a room, I can totally sense if I, if someone I know is not feeling good. And then I tend to take on those feelings and, mm-hmm. um, I am a fixer and I always have wanted to fix things. And so that's something else that I've really learned in the last couple of years is to let go of other people's problems and other people's concerns and just um, yes. let it be. Yeah. Oh
0: my gosh. I heard, <laughs> um, what was I, I was li- listening to this podcast, of course, and uh, <laughs> it's called the adult chair and it's kind of a, like a therapist ish podcast, but okay. she was um, you know, the adult chair you have which is the chair that, you know, you should live in as an adult. But then there's this, this child chair that we kind of revert back to sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she was talking about uh, her husband and how um, for some reason on Sundays, they were like the worst days for him. Like he was just in a mood and like everybody had to walk on eggshells around him. And she kind of had this uh, moment where she was like, I am not going to participate in his feelings. Yeah. And it's not like a in a in a cold or like I don't care mentality, but it's like your feelings are your own and I'm yep. not gonna participate in them and I'm not gonna bring myself into it and allow your feelings to attach themselves to me. Yep. And here recently I've I've been able to catch myself anytime like somebody's upset and I'm like, Oh, okay, well then like I'm like immediately sucked into being upset with them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, whoa, 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 I need to, I need to know where I end and where they begin. Yep. And, like, this is not about me. Yeah. And, you know, just kind of establishing that, like, hard, hard boundary. Because, um, like, which sometimes, you know, it's, it's appropriate and it's okay to do that. Yeah. Whenever it's, like, a constant, that's kind of whenever it becomes a little bit, um. Oh,
1: yeah. It could be draining.
0: Yeah, really draining yeah. For, for whoever is doing that, um. And it's a disservice to the other person too, because they need to be able to, to kind of bring themselves out of that. Totally. They can't, um, whether it's unconscious or not, you know, depend on someone else to kind of be their own center.
1: Yeah, no, no. They have to learn to self-soothe. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times, um, I mean, that's why I went into social work was because I realized from an early age that I was a really good listener. And I could absolutely help people feel happier, but it was a real temporary thing. and um, so like if I think if I was a counselor i that would it would make a lot of sense. but um, ultimately, I think a lot of people who aren't capable of like working through their feelings as an adult, it's because they never learned how to self soothe. And so yes. to learn that as an adult, like past age twenty five can be really difficult. It's difficult to change habits and things after. Um, the front of your brain is developed, which they say happens by the age of 25 usually. Um, so there's still time for me. Oh my gosh. Yeah, girl. You've got so much time. You're so much further than I was.
0: Oh God. I have two years to, to change. Oh my God.
1: You've got so much time. Yeah. Uh,
0: Yeah. And it's, it's it's been really interesting for me because, you know, I've, I've been going to, um, which many people might not know this, but I've been going to therapy since like the end of July. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a bunch of stuff happen in my life, and I was like, "All right, um, I can't really ignore any of this any yeah. longer. So yep. I-, I need to like go deal with it." Yep. And uh, it's you know July towards now. I feel like we, um, my therapist and I, were just now kind of get- digging into all of the the childhood stuff, mm-hmm. and I'm realizing how um, uncomfortable. All of that makes me, and hmm. like I'm like slowly uncovering all of the the the, the trauma that existed,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and I'm just like, kind of just it's sort of like I'm like looking down at everything, and I'm just like, wow, like, yep. you know, I can see here, here, and here how this has made me react this way in certain situations, and hmm. um, not uh, knowing. Or not having an example or anybody like teach me about what a what a healthy relationship is and mm-hmm. um, like all of these things. I'm just like, wow. <laughs>
1: what do you think? What's what's like the number one thing that you've taken away so far?
0: Um, I think the number one thing, um, which this is is difficult for me, uh, because I so I'm reading this book that my therapist recommended. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's called Healing the Scars of Childhood Abuse. Okay. And there's a, a part in it at the very beginning that talks about um, abused children. Like they kind of have these these ways in which they talk about their abuse. And one of them is um, minimizing their abuse. Mm-hmm. And so they'll they'll say things like, oh, well, like it really wasn't that bad. Like it wasn't perfect, you know, mm-hmm. but, but, you know, it was, it was fine. Yeah. And as I was reading this, I was like, Oh um, like that's what I've done my whole life yeah and so the, the therapy and the book has kind of confronted me or had made, made me confront um the fact that I, I did indeed have an abusive childhood mm-hmm. and I think that's probably the biggest um realization so far mm-hmm. was that no it's actually really not normal at all
3: mm-hmm.
0: and while you know there were Pieces of it that were like kind of glimpses of normal, like the overall parts of it weren't, mm-hmm. and that's been um, very shocking. Just in just in how the brain protects itself. Yep. From from those things. Um,
3: yep. And so so yeah, true. That's been,
0: it's been an interesting. Uh, well, good any... for
1: you for doing that because I think a lot of people. Um, are afraid of the word therapy even like talking and all it is and the way when I talk to people about this and I encourage them to do it is all it is is an outside opinion I mean take away strip away the title strip away the certificate the education all of that I mean when I got my master's in social work you know it was two years of education it was two years of exposure Um, it's not like I'm a pro by any means and so what I love about the idea of therapy is it's just bringing someone into your circle who might be able to teach you something because they're completely objective yeah that's all it is and it's like it's just you i mean the fact that you're at 23 doing this you are so much further than like several people i know that are my age 35 to 30 to 40 and that didn't start that until they were 35 and even then there's some people that still haven't started it so it's like you are going to be like the best person you can possibly be the best version of yourself because you're willing to take the risks and be uncomfortable yeah so it's impressive not everybody Thank does you. that Thank yeah you. It's, yeah
3: it
0: well kind of um i guess the, the the part that i i struggle with is that it's you know it wasn't i i wish that i could have done this before like something had happened that it it prompted me to take a look at at things um why i don't i don't because well, it's like you know I, I wish i could have prevented it it's kind of
1: you mean whatever happened in your childhood
0: well, even just like the, the recent events that have taken place. Oh, oh. That that it like that prompted me to go
3: yeah. to therapy. Oh, I totally it's, I
1: see what you mean by that. Yeah. There's sometimes there's things that happen in our lives and they're like, Oh, why did it have to come to this in order to prompt me to do this? But um, yeah. you know what? Like sometimes messages come through that way from the universe, from God, from whomever. <laughs> that's true. Um, like <laughs> they sometimes you need something like that in order to push you and that's something I've totally embraced too, that it sounds like you're experiencing is that there's some people that come into my life just to tell me no, so that I want to push back and say, but yes, this is going to happen. This is going to be me. And so I think that's what you've experienced. And it's like the fact that you're responding in a positive manner like that is um, it shows a lot of maturity for someone so young.
0: Thank you.
1: Yeah. Like, what do you think like beyond? So I I don't know your whole story, but um, like, because of what's happened to you, what like, took you through it what uh what inspired you to push forward to move to Washington to explore yourself to like think outside the box
0: you know I and my mom my mom has told me this this whole life she you know she or my whole life she said you know she's like Sarah like you have you have this this calling on your life and you were made to do something and and so I've always had this um this feeling like, okay, I'm supposed to do something like really, really great. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just have no idea what that even is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I still feel that way. And it's just like, like, you know, I'm supposed to be doing something great. And like, here I am, like continuously screwing up doing something great. (laughs) And, um, and so, you know, kind of why, why I moved here, I was just like, well, I need to, to go out and experience something new that's completely outside of of what I know mm-hmm. with new people who think way differently than I think yeah um because I grew up in the south in we you know Louisiana which is just a whole other group of people and um and could just immerse myself in in, in bigger bigger broader mm-hmm. thinking um, mm-hmm. because I had felt like in in, in some ways that I had growing up had sort of been put in this box and I was always very resistant to the box.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But it was like, I had to be in the box because I wasn't an adult and I couldn't decide for myself. And then I finally like was able to break free from the box. And then, you know, that's kind of the path that led me here. Um, so there was a sense of like deconstruction that I went through mm-hmm. and now I'm still like realizing like there's still a whole lot more, deconstruction mm-hmm. to really get down to this this place and I think that that's like from a, a positive viewpoint that in order for me I think to to do that great thing whatever it may be like I I have to fully do that that deconstruction yep, totally and shed it all before yeah. I can do that
1: yeah <laughs> 100% totally like and that's what this time is for you is that it's that period to like delve into that and figure it out now because eventually it surfaces. And if you don't, you like push it to the side, the, it'll come out at a time when you're when it's not like the best time you don't want it to come out when you're in the, like in the moment of doing whatever you're meant to be doing.
0: (laughs) That's That's so true.
1: Yeah. And that's what I've had to figure out too, is that I I am exactly where I'm meant to be just as you're exactly where you're meant to be right now you're totally at the right place doing the right stuff. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm supposed to be, like, you know, talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is what you're, I'm really good at. You're, you're, also, you're... When, someone, when someone came into the office the other day and you said, you know, I'm asking everybody else to tell their story because I don't want to tell mine yet. And I was like, oh, there's a hook for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should have said that. <laughs> I pay attention uh... to that stuff. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, dang it.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah I and I want to um to like really like tell it and like the thoughts of like maybe writing a book about it um, yeah I just don't know like you know it's all kind of up in the just I'm it's all very unclear
1: oh yeah right now. you have to be ready
0: yeah I have to be ready and um yeah. and just you know so I'm just like where I am right now and I'm just learning to be okay with this place that I'm in, however mm-hmm. like uncomfortable and and that, and that's why I love the the enneagram because it it teaches us what we do whenever um we don't want to feel pain, yep, and that's been so helpful for me because I've been able to identify like oh, this is what I'm doing right now to get out <laughs> of this way yep. i need to I need to press into this
1: yep um yes, body's react. Like if when I get upset or angry, uh, it tenses up and I start to feel like, um, you know, you can, you can, that's how you're feeling. And if you can identify in that moment, what's happening, that's like the best level of self-awareness.
0: Yes. And I feel yeah. like that's what the Enneagram gives you.
1: Yeah. Is this, Have you ever this... taken the Myers-Briggs?
0: I want to say that I have. I, I don't, I don't really remember what I was. Um, okay. But uh for some reason like i don't like and i guess it's the the more that i i dig into the enneagram and like the the history of it and all these resources Mm -hmm. the more i um the more that it just like i have this like sort of uh like reverence to it almost Mm -hmm. um because i was i was was reading this book it's called um the road back to you um which is about the enneagram and uh and it it talks about how um once you receive the enneagram you have this responsibility to like be the best that you can and to show up in the best that you can for those that you love yeah and for your, and, and for yourself Yep. and like i I'm, I'm sure people get real tired of me talking about it um <laughs> But I'm just, like, I, I've done so much research about it, and yeah. I'm still still doing more. And it's just, like, the more I uncover, the more that I understand the world better. Yeah. And the more that I understand people and, my, and myself, yeah. most importantly. Um, because, yeah, because we can't, if you don't understand yourself, like, how, how are you going to do anything in the world that's yeah. meaningful?
1: That's absolutely right on. Like the more you understand yourself and the people around you, the more you can accomplish. And that's like a big part of how I operate within a community. If I want to create a community and inspire people, you have to know what how to inspire them. And so yeah. that work that you're doing now is going to pay off. It's going to be like a lifelong habit, which is awesome. Yeah,
3: thank
0: you. Yeah. And I want to I talk about your, um I know we don't have like a ton of time left, but but I want to talk real quick about your um, experience with Miracle Mornings and
1: how that's going. Oh, yeah. Um, since I've become, I'm addicted to personal development. I mean, that's like the best word <laughs> I can think of, but um, yeah. because I've seen the compound effect of reading this personal development and these business books over the last six years they compound on top of each other and so I'm constantly in search of the next thing and when I I've thought about Miracle Morning now off and on for like a year and I'd heard about it before but I was like oh I'm a morning person but I really don't want to get up at 5 a.m. I have like no desire to be up at dark before everybody else and be doing things like reading and writing and visualization a, at five in the morning we
0: well, see I'm not a morning person at all so that yeah. just sounds
1: absolutely horrible right and so why the, I wanted
0: to ask you about it yeah
1: and so there was about four weeks ago when I was like you know what Margaret though um I've done all of these things separately I have not consistently done anything besides read and exercise which are two really good things um and also like affirmations ever since I met Derek Shank and I started saying affirmations and then recording them and listening to my voice I've done that but I've never done all of them together and I've never tried it in the morning and the thing about this book is that Hal has done all the research Hal um talks about his life and the fact that he died for six minutes when he was 20 because he was hit straight on by a drunk driver and um beyond that he also got cancer I think at 30 and so he's had these experiences and he's done his research on the best time of day for things to, to do these, to do these different things. Um, he calls the savers it's, um, silence or meditation, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing or journaling. And you do the ideal thing is you do it at five in the morning or right around there and you do each one for 10 minutes. So it's a total of an hour. And so now I'm on day, I think this is 13 or 14. And I have to say like, there are absolutely some changes happening and, or, or one I'm sleeping better because I'm so exhausted by the time I get home <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead by 9:30 and I fall asleep within like 15 seconds I, by 10 o'clock after I've read and stuff and I've had trouble sleeping a lot years actually um just because of different anxiety and stresses in my life and so that's been massive and then um I've changed my affirmations and I'm doing a new vision board um, this weekend, actually this last week I've been working on it because I realized that my dream board at work had a bunch of positive affirmations because that's who I am. And that's how I, well, how I surround myself and my environment with is stuff that makes me feel good and positive. Mm-hmm. But it, with your dream board, it's supposed to be things that you envision for yourself. And so mm-hmm. I'm changing the focus of that a little bit. And then my affirmations, I've always been a really positive person, but Hal talks about how your affirmations should really be focused on things that you want to get better at and so for me the last week specifically the last seven days my affirmations have changed to um wealth and money affirmations which is uncomfortable for me because one of the things I'm really working on is changing my mindset around money and um I've always believed that I've had enough um but I think there's a a mindset there's something a block in me that says um I don't deserve to be wealthy or I don't deserve to have enough money to be, to say, or feel safe, I guess. And so being single, not having a partner and owning a house on my own was a huge risk and super scary for me. And so I really want to change my mindset around money because the more money that comes to me, (laughs) the more good I'm going to be able to do for the world. And so um, that's what I'm focusing on. And so something that you said earlier that Hal says it's a quote in his book, he says, It's our job to live to our full potential so that we can show our friends and family what their potential is. And it's like, that's like going to be my new life thing because I've realized that in the last six years, since I started doing more personal development that I'm changing in ways that my friends and family think are really weird and crazy. (laughs) And I think at times really all it is, is, is there's a jealousy around it. And I don't like to be, I don't like people to be jealous of me. I don't, I hate it. Um, but I'm not going to deny myself happiness because this makes me happy. I'm not going to deny that myself just because someone's uncomfortable with what I'm doing. And so, the Miracle Morning has been a really interesting kind of kickstart to October for me. And I um, now I was telling somebody this morning, I, even though it's the weekend, my body automatically woke up at 4:45, and I wow. went into the bathroom and I like you know, I was like washing my face, and then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go back to bed because. The whole routine is, like, you do it at 5 a.m. during the work days, and then on the weekend, um, you know, you do it whenever you wake up or whatever you want it to be. Essentially, Hal says, even if you have kids and you um, or you have a really different schedule, you can do these six things for six minutes. You don't have to do them for a full hour. The whole point of it is to do it consistently. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I highly recommend it, and I'm going to do it all the way through the 30 days, and then I probably will continue past the 30 days because um, I'm really... I'm so curious to see how this changes other things in my life. Cause whenever I've done something like this consistently and added a habit into my life, um, other stuff changes and it's really cool to watch. So I'm like, I've never done all these things at once. I'm just like, I feel like I'm going to wake up in a different country one day and just be like, Oh, this got me. (laughs) Like it's going to be something that crazy and weird that I'm not even going to realize what, um... because meditation, I mean, it's known to grow back parts of your brain. Um, it's super calming and good for anxiety and stress and sleep. And, uh, okay.
0: So I have a real question for you. Yeah. Have you ever done a float tank?
1: No. And I would like to try that. I, uh, actually gave one of those, um, certificates to Jesse to try, but I'm super claustrophobic and I don't like the dark also. (laughs) So I know you tried it, didn't you?
0: Yes. So, um, so there's a specific, um, or float tank place okay. in Kirkland and they have, um, much bigger pods. Okay. Um, cause like the standard ones are kind of small and you kind of hit the walls. Yeah. can't not um, do
1: that. Can't do it.
0: Yeah. And you're a tall person. So, yeah. um, uh, so yeah, I'll have to, um, find the name, but, uh, it's and then is it like place... totally
1: dark when you're, when you, when you shut the top?
0: Okay. So these are the options. So <laughs> for the, for the full experience and it's, it's an hour,
3: Oh my gosh. Um, so
0: you, you are completely naked. You take a shower before and you want to kind of, um, you know, push your hair back and you can't touch your face while you're in there because it's like, there, there's such a great amount of salt because you're floating. Huh. And so, um, you have to resist the urge to like touch anything. Oh, God. And so, um, there's, so, so you get in the tank and, uh, it's just, you know, probably like, uh, maybe like mid calf deep maybe less okay um so it's not super deep at all and then you um close the lid and it's like got like a big dome lid um and then you lay there for an hour <laughs> and you just think about whatever you want to think about and it's you know there's no sound there's no um noise the the air and the water are the same temperature as your skin hmm so you kind of, there's no, like, you're just deprived of all of your senses. Mm-hmm. And it's a very um interesting, and I want to do it again, because whenever I was in there, I kind of had, a, I think, I don't know if I, like, meditated to a deep place. Yeah. Or if I fell asleep. Yeah. But I woke up out of whatever I was in and kind of woke up, like, very, like, panicky. Yeah. And they have this, like, little light that you can press, um in the tank to kind of, you know, calm you down if you get nervous or anything. And, um, okay. so I, I, turned that on and laid there and I was just like, oh God, I, I just need to get out. And so I like open the lid, but I don't get out. I just like kind of breathe and like look around me and I'm like, okay, I'm okay. <laughs> so I, I close the lid and I go back in and then I, um, I leave, I end up leaving the light on for like the remainder of the session, which I think was like 15 minutes. Okay. Um, but it's interesting because it's like what I should have done was like press into that and like go go deeper into my like feelings of anxiety. Yeah. Um, instead of like nope, I'm in, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so and you don't feel um it feels very spacious when you're in there. Okay. And it's really really um I really like it. Okay. Yeah, and I don't normally I've never really like meditated and so
2: yeah. Was,
0: it was a really, really interesting experience for me to do.
3: Well, that's I'll cool. Have, okay. I, I might highly recommend.
0: <laughs> I was into the place, and um, I don't know if they have like shorter sessions, but yeah, sitting in there for an hour was, was hard. It's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, you, I mean, you're not really doing anything, you're just kind of yeah existing. Yeah. And it's, it's really cool. Well, I, 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 I
1: totally, like, I can see how, because we're so overstimulated. Yes. All the time. And so one of the things that Hal talks about is starting your day out in silence. And whether you pray or meditate or whatever it is, it's just so few of us start our day out like that. And I think I was telling Jesse the other day that now I'm starting to crave it. So I'm starting to, like, absolutely preserve the time and make sure that I get time to do it. Because if I don't do it, I feel like it doesn't start my day off right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love I love silence as well. Yeah. Like, I'll find myself just, like, driving in silence
1: oh
2: yeah
0: 100 this is a little weird but it it, it brings me peace
1: (laughs) oh yeah for sure and i've gotten to the point now too where i also i don't watch tv um i mean i love movies and so if i need to completely like um that's another sign of not of a four but for the myers-briggs and infj like to decompress it's pretty typical for us to watch a movie or tv because it takes us out of real life and into someone else's story Mm-hmm. which is like super freeing. And so I love movies and I love going to the movie theater, but I don't watch any TV shows regularly and I don't stay up to date on stuff. So um, taking that out because I really don't have time for it. If I come home and I make dinner and I exercise, it's like almost time for bed. Yeah. <laughs>
3: That's true.
1: <laughs> yeah. If I'm staying strict to my schedule, which I really try to. Yeah.
3: Wow.
1: It's hard That's... to be regimented, but you gotta, I think the self-discipline is where a lot of this comes into because, mm-hmm. um, it takes a lot of discipline to start a habit and keep it till where it becomes a part of your life and yeah. you want as many positive habits as possible.
0: Yeah. It made me think about, I haven't read it yet, but the, the book by Rachel Hollis, um, Girl, Wash Your Face. Yeah. I
1: want to watch, I want to read that too. I haven't read it. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> there, there's something in there that says like, uh, like never break a promise to yourself.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: And I thought so that made that's too funny. Have you,
1: you know, the Mel Robbins, uh, five second rule.
0: Um, I blind me again. I've, I've heard of it.
1: Yeah. It's just really brief. It's like, I've only heard your a little Ted talk, but it's, um, you can do anything you need to do in five seconds. So like waking up in the morning, um, if I let myself go back to sleep, it could happen. Like I'll sleep through my alarm or whatever, but when I wake up, I'll say five, four, three, two, one, and I have to get up by one. And so it's like pushing yourself over the edge of whatever you're trying to push yourself over in order to begin. And, um, I love that. So I use that often to get out of bed.
0: Yes, And I, since I was a little girl, like probably since I was born, I have had so much trouble waking up in the morning. Like (laughs) you absolutely
1: need to try this then. And I want to see what happens because (laughs) I have to tell you by the time I come. So the routine with Hal is like, you have the five second rule. You put your alarm clock, which I don't do this part, but you put your alarm clock across the room. You get up immediately. You go to the bathroom You drink a full cup of water because water um, starts your metabolism going. And then also it wakes Mm -hmm. you up because you've been dehydrated all night. Mm -hmm. Um, So I go to the bathroom, drink a cup of water. I make a cup of coffee. And by the time I come back and sit down, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm awake. And it's like five (laughs) (laughs) o'clock. Like and by the time I start driving and going to work, I've already been up for two and a half hours. And I feel so much more at peace and like settled and ready for the day than I ever have before.
0: Interesting, because I see my my routine. Um, I wake up at about eight thirty, sometimes eight forty. yeah Leave my house by eight fifty. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and then usually I get to work about five minutes late.
2: Okay. Yeah. Which
0: you know it's not like imperative that I'm there on time, but like I always feel stressed because I'm late. Yep. And. Um, I'm like, even though like nobody's really like counting on me to be there. So yeah. like, it's still like, I'm supposed to be there at nine and I'm not there at nine. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. And so it's just interesting. Cause I have literally like no, re- I just literally wake up yep. and immediately start getting dressed and brushing my teeth and then I'm out the door.
1: Yeah, no, I know. I've never really had a morning routine either. It's always been like, I just work my time back for how much time I need to shower. And like, usually I go to a coffee shop to get a coffee, but, um, i I totally dare you to try it for like the thirty days and see what you think. I think because um, if you started doing something like having some sort of a morning routine right now at that age, oh my gosh, like you'd be, you would be light years ahead of people,
0: <laughs> yeah, I think sometimes too, I feel like I'm not um far enough ahead oh uh, and then and then, like hearing you say stuff like that, it kind <laughs> of reminds me like, okay, like I am only twenty
1: three yes. Yes, and you have plenty yeah. of time and uh I heard uh one of the guys in our office um Mark, who I really admire I'm forgetting what his last name is at the moment, but he's a he's a police lieutenant for seattle p d oh, and wow. he came by because 'cause he's been involved um ever since he came. I really love the guy he's just like he's gonna transition from police work into real estate when he retires, but he was very enthusiastic about sarah's um bodybuilding competition, so he'd come by and visit, and we got to know him and um he was like, what are you going to do after the competition? And she's said, well, I'm not sure yet. I think I'm just going to like sit back and wait for a minute and see how I feel. And he said, don't wait, rush. And I knew what he, what he meant, but Sarah was like, what do you mean? And he was like, rush. If you want something in life or you even think of that, you might want it rush to it because you know, he's probably in his sixties now and um, you know, really thinking, and he has done that his whole life. And it's like, there's always got to be a little bit of a sense of urgency behind what you want to do and try. And Mm -hmm. so that's why I think at 23 you're doing really well so don't stop like don't like you know don't rush through stuff like don't rush through therapy rush through um think that you need to be 10 times further than you're at but um there's a mix of patience and like also rushing I think that there you gotta like kind of go back and forth between yeah yeah
0: yeah I think it's I think too maybe it's more like um I feel like kind of like don't relent like what don't relent like, yes, yes. like, keep, like, just whatever it is, like, just keep, like, that pace yeah. until, like, it's, you know, you reach that, like, breakthrough. And then it's like, all right, yeah. you know, next thing. Totally. Um, but something, and I, as I digress and we can wrap up after this, um, I don't remember where I heard this, but it was talking about um, how a lot of people um, don't take the time to enjoy their mountaintop moment.
1: Their what talk moment?
0: Uh, mountaintop moment. Oh, mountaintop. So yes. you know, you, you reach the mountaintop, and then it's like, well, now I have to like go back down, or you know, <laughs> they're only like thinking about like what's you know coming what's after next? this moment, yeah. and not like just taking like that pause. Yeah. Um, and really being present at that that moment. Yeah. Um, because I I know for Sarah and probably for you when when you reach that that top of whatever you're, you're seeking. It's just kind of like, you know, you just got to like sit down and like look around you and you're just like, wow, like my reality has changed. Yeah. From the, from the beginning to now. And, um, I think that there's just such a special,
1: um, place. Oh yeah. That's all. The reflection is super important. And a lot of times, um, Jesse talks about this a lot because he's totally ADD and it's hard for him to sit (laughs) But the fact is there's a lot of research that's been done in that when you reflect and you learn from what you've just gone through, um, something happens there and you have to pay attention to that. So, yeah, I think when you've reached that mountaintop that you've been going towards, you got to kind of sit up there for a minute and think about what I just did and what you went through. And then um, it'll help you with whatever you do next. Totally. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Margaret's going to preach today.
1: Can't wait. Yep. <laughs>
0: Was well, there anything else that you would
1: like to add um,
0: about you, about your story, or anything before
3: we? Um,
1: have... um, I think just that. I think the biggest thing that I've done to to come to really love myself is to um, invest time in myself and these personality development like assessment things and the um, the reading and the really like just taking a moment to think about why you do what you do and how you tick is super important so get used to being uncomfortable and live in discomfort and like you're you'll soon just come to love it I love
0: that I yeah. don't have anything to add that is the perfect way to end this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. well, well thank you so much for coming on and yeah this is uh, fun yeah it was so fun and I know everybody like I'm so inspired after um hearing all that you said and um I um I'm going to buy the book and do
3: I'm it going, girl i'm
0: gonna think really hard about doing
3: it <laughs> don't and... even think
0: just do it <laughs> <laughs> and then i will um i'll have to let everybody know how it uh, yes it ends up because that it, if i do that like that is seriously going to be the huge yeah <laughs> because I'm that's just not me um <laughs> right now at least so, all right, well, thank you so much again for coming on, and I hope everybody enjoyed this week's episode. And I will talk to y'all soon. Thanks, Margaret. Bye. <laughs> of one thing, I am perfectly sure, God's story never ends with ashes. Elizabeth Elliot. Thank you so much for joining the show today. This is Stories with Sarah, and I am your host, Sarah Hathcock. I'm so excited for you to hear today's episode. We have someone amazing on the podcast, and I know that you guys are going to be tremendously blessed by this person's story.